Again, why did I ever think this was a good idea? Welcome to the Rise and Run podcast. Join our group of Run Disney friends as we talk about running at Walt Disney World and beyond. We'll discuss recent runs, training, upcoming races, and surprise topics suggested by you, our listeners. Well, the alarm's gone off, so let's go. Bom dia, gente. Tudo bem? Me chamo Celia Zamora e vivo em Tampa, Florida. You're listening to the Rise and Run podcast, where the universal language is running. Entonces, pónganse sus sneakers, prepárense, e ikimashou, mina, gambatene. Celia, thank you. That was impressive. I, I don't even know how many languages were in that introduction, but uh, I was impressed. Anybody, anybody count the number of languages in there? Kind of remind me of the end of It's a Small World when you leave and oh. all the different uh, <laughs> ways to say goodbye. Outs yeah, yeah. Good one, John. Outstanding. See you. Thank you for doing that. Reminder, if you want to send us an intro, and we do have some stacked up, queued up, but uh, heck, we'll take them. Just hit our Join the Conversation link in the notes. Or I've actually also put a link if you go to where the race report is, which is pinned to the top of our Facebook group. There's a link there where you can send us an intro, and that would be great. Hey, everyone. Welcome. We're at episode 60 of the Rise and Run podcast. I'm Bob. I am here with the gang, which tonight is Lexi. Hi. Allie. Hi, friends. Greg. Hey, hey, hey. Jack. Hi. And John. Hey, how you doing? I'm doing good, John. I left you to the end again. I, I know. I know. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> oh, shucks. It's fun. Glad you're all here. And glad you are here with us also. Hey, we're going to talk about those long training runs that you did this weekend. Let's take a look at what we're doing on the episode tonight. We've got a couple interesting things for you. We've got an interview with Nick and Nick, who have created an app called Recover Athletics that we think you're going to find very interesting on our race report spotlight. And you know we've got a big race report tonight with all the turkey trots. We talk with Jen and Adam, who ran the half marathon over in Cocoa Beach just a couple of days ago, the Space Coast half marathon and full marathon. Hey guys, five weeks from today Woo! is the 5k for a marathon weekend. Five That's crazy. weeks, count them, 35 days. Princess weekend's now 11 weeks away. In your training this week for marathon weekend, you've got six miles. For princess, you've got three with the magic mile. If this is your first magic mile, Head over to Jeff Galloway's site and read about the Magic Mile or take a look in our list of podcast episodes. Oh, gosh, I forget when it was, but it was pretty, it's probably back around number 10 or 12 that we talked at length about how to do the Magic Mile. We are coming off a big, the first of the big dopey rehearsal weekends, where if you're doing dopey, you had the four runs in a row culminating on the training schedule with 23 miles. It was a big weekend. I saw some reaction 
on Facebook from folks. Some positive, some little bit of struggling, but let's talk about it. Gang, did you uh, did you do the big race rehearsal this weekend? It wasn't on my schedule this weekend. Um, I did mine, I want to say, two weeks ago. Okay. And Greg, you did yours last week, I think? Uh, I did mine a couple of weeks ago. I did mine the week before uh, Wine and Dine. But I have my final um, simulation weekend coming up this week. So, um, you know, even though I already got the 23-miler one in the can, I got the 26-miler one looming. And uh, so definitely what we're going to talk about tonight uh, definitely applies. Well, let's talk a little bit about it because, look, this is where the training gets tough. We know that. We've been talking about it for weeks. We've been talking about the importance of it. How's it been going, guys? What do we think? I think this is like harder than if um, we had a taper and then I could run 26 miles. Right. Like this is a really, really ridiculously hard mental thing and a really hard physical thing that we're both doing while our bodies are just exhausted from months of training at the same time. We we don't take much of a break. Now, the, the way the schedule is now, there are the, the long runs between these are six or seven miles and which at this point for most of us is not a long run anymore it used to be crazy long but now that we're i've lost track 20 22 24 weeks into the training six is not the challenge it used to be i will say the longer runs can tend to be monotonous um yeah. i've found a way and I haven't quite necessarily trained like this before, but I was originally planning on running on the trails. But the day that I was going to do my long run, the weather kept just saying that it was going to be storming and I didn't want to drive an hour and a half out to the trails and then to be not be able to run on it. So I ended up running on the roads and listening to an audiobook. Okay, first of all, on the first, okay, so my dopey training was not necessarily the four days across. Mine was only like a three day. It was a 15, a 20, and then a 10. And I will say, do not do this. Do not listen to a thriller book, audio book, where the main character gets kidnapped and you do the, you're listening to this on your run and it's sunset and now it's getting dark out. And you're like, <laughs> oh my God, you want to talk about running faster to get back home. <laughs> that was it. And then like the story just kept getting greater and greater. And by the time the third day came around for my run for the 10 miler, I was actually really excited because now you're getting towards the end. So like, if you're ever wondering about a dopey simulation, you're like, I got all my podcasts. I listen to them on all my regular runs for your dopey simulation. I highly recommend listening to an audiobook that like just takes you away from just looking at the road. And I know that sounds really weird to say it in the those kinds of terms, but I've never been so like enthralled into just continually going because I'm listening to my audiobook. What Jack meant to say is that on your dopey training run, she highly recommends you listen to the Rise and Run podcast. Well, that too. That too. <laughs> but but like if if our episode is all right you're win. right yeah I'm, I'm messing of course i'm having fun <laughs> you can listen you can listen to the podcast on one of the simulations yeah. okay and then you can Good binge point. the binge them 
on the other ones. Good point. Yeah. Good point. It was, it was like so great. I recently found out that you can, for free, download audiobooks if you have a library card. Yeah, There's that's app, true. Yeah, the Libby app. Yes, yes. L-I-B-B-Y. So that's, that's cool. what I've been doing, too, is I started downloading some. Because, like, these, these, I think when we're doing these simulations now, it's like, I don't Most even want to think about how many hours it is. Yeah. But it yeah. can be a whole audiobook. <laughs> well, and I'm walking them, so... Yep. Takes me forever. Now, actually, sure. that's great suggestion, Allie. I hadn't done it. I knew that was available. I got to go get a library card. <laughs> but uh, yeah, that's a, that's a great idea. Yeah, my simulation did not happen this weekend because I don't have a simulation for another couple of weeks. Um, but I, um, Coach Twigs, close your ears. Um, I <laughs> my first run back post New York was um, Thanksgiving Day because. I was injured after New York. Um, I chafed really bad and like I couldn't mm-hmm. walk. Mm-hmm. Um, it was it was real bad. Um, and then I got bronchitis, so I was sick for a week and I couldn't breathe without coughing. So that was that was fun. Um, but I'm doesn't, back now. That doesn't sound like fun. <laughs> no, that was the sarcasm, Bob. Oh. <laughs> You need a sign, okay? <laughs> I'll have a sign, but only you would be able to see it. Yeah, well, yeah, it's okay. You're right. Good point. <laughs> um, but I, I mean, I will say, you know, in looking at New York and prepping for this simulation that I have, um, oh gosh, in two weeks, I think is when my simulation is. Um, it's around. It's it's the same weekend as everyone else. That's that's the base. Two weeks. That's right. Yeah. You know, I I was thinking about New York and things that I want to change and things that I still need to work on and um, in in prep for Dopey because it is such a big race. And as everyone here knows, and um, if you've watched the video on Passport to Run, my time for New York was eight hours. And that's a bit slower than what it needs to be for Dopey. Um, for the marathon and um, we were just talking beforehand uh, and you know it's it's one of those things of getting into the mindset of here's what I need to do for this race so I have five weeks what are very specific things that I can work on over the next five weeks that will get me to the finish line in January mm-hmm. um and one of those things, and Coach Twiggs and I talked about, was my walking speed and doing walking cadence drills to mm-hmm. speed up my walking pace, which will over- speed up my overall pace. Um, another one of those things is um, my nutrition. Because, again, if you watch the video, around 13 miles, I started getting lightheaded and I didn't know why. And there's a couple of different aspects and different things that I want to test over the next couple weeks to see if I can dial in and figure out okay I need to do this to make it to the finish line and um all while keeping motivated and doing the the runs and keeping with the training and all of that kind of stuff I want to also sort of put out there to piggyback on what you were saying um and plus it is like not only what can you be doing but like what didn't work and what will you not be doing like a lot of times when I'm doing these training runs and we start getting close I start to panic a little bit and I start to go well I'm just uh, you know I don't know what I'm doing and I get flustered and I don't know if my nutrition's working and I don't know if I'm just not fast enough or anything like that like I start to like panic 
and I can start to say things to myself like, um, I am, I'm, I'm still in training. Like I still can be figuring stuff out. It's okay to be figuring it out right now. There's yeah. five more weeks. So these five, every single one of these runs is important. Yes. Um, but race day is not tomorrow. So I still have some time to figure some stuff out and don't give up on yourself. Like look into, like you were saying, like look into your nutrition, like look into the things that you want to test before race day. Cause now's the time <laughs> to really, you know, now's pretty much the, the starting today. We're all going to do it. We're all going to <laughs> figure out what's working, what's not working and keep experimenting until, you know, comes up on race day. No, Allie, you're absolutely right. To me, you know, it, it's interesting because, you know, I'm doing my final simulation this week coming up, culminating where I am doing a catered training run uh, as my marathon. And a few weeks ago, I wanted to test out um, Martin Energy as my fueling. And of course, I had ordered it for my simulation that was the 23 miler and it conveniently showed up two hours after I finished my 23 mile. No. So I remember during a customized training call, I said to coach twigs, I'm like, well, I have this product now, but even though it's a catered training run, should I still use it? Even though it's technically a race. And he goes, no, this is the perfect opportunity for you to do it. So again, even though we're hitting the tail end of all of this, it's, Still okay, even if you are going to do a catered training run, to try out various things, whether it's you know changing your cadence, you know your your paces, your you know your cadences, your intervals, your nutrition, your it's shoes, your shoes. Exactly, <laughs> you can still tinker with all of these things, even though we're only f just five weeks out. And I think it's really important to do that. Like, don't think that you're too late in the game to to really dial in and and figure these things out because now is the time. So look, if you did the last training, the last simulation, the one that ended with 23 miles and it went well for you, and we don't expect anybody to be perfect on this because as several of us have mentioned, you're in the middle of your training cycle. But if you if you did it, uh, if you were able to continue training later in the week, if you got through it uninjured, you should be feeling pretty good about yourself, pretty confident because you know how they all stand on the sideline and go, you're almost there. Well, you're almost there. You got that one more weekend to go. So hang in there. The victory is in sight. The last thing that um, I just want to mention real quick, and, and I know this has been discussed in various Facebook groups and, and heck, even amongst all of us, here tonight, I know you know Lexi talked about it uh, a little bit ago. Is just the idea of motivation. You know, even though we are, you know, just five weeks out, um, I will be fully transparent here. Um, this evening, before recording, was my first run in two weeks, and I, you know, I had to have you know, like essentially, like a come to Jesus moment with myself of like, okay you need to do this so that you can be successful, not only this weekend, but also in January. Now, granted, I was up against some things. I you know, was under the weather myself. My daughter has been sick. You know, it's just a busy time for me at work. It's a, just a busy time in general, especially the holidays. And couple all of that, you know, when it comes to the holidays, we're probably not eating 
our normal diet that we usually do and that could affect us with our running. So there are going to be a lot of distractions as well in these next five weeks. And, and I am going to make myself accountable right now. I want my podcast host to make me accountable as well as all of our rise and runners out there as well. Like let's keep everyone motivated so that we can get across this finish line. Now, obviously for those of you that didn't the simulation this past weekend, you know, even if you were successful, it's difficult to do. And again, and you still have one more to go. So let's, help support one another, but realize that when you hit stop on your watch at the end of that 26 mile training run, the amount of relief. Oh, it's a good feeling. And stress that is going to come off your shoulders is like you said, Bob is an incredible feeling because as we've talked about several times before, that's the hard part. Yep. When we get down to Disney, it's fun and it's easy. And even though it's a race, it's a victory lap. Well, Greg, you just literally said it so beautifully. I was about to say, when you sign up for a race, that is the thing that you are going to remember. Everything before that is going to be maybe a struggle bus. Uh, it's going to be hard. It's going to be challenging. And trying to find the motivation for something of those kinds of goals is going to be extremely hard. But when you come to race weekend and you get there and you see everybody who was along the same journey as you are, that such encouragement and enlightenment is going to be so profound when you're out on the course and you're going to have so much fun. Do not let your mind take hold of yourself um, and put yourself down. Have fun with it. You're doing the hard part now. It's about to be over with the last dopey simulation. You're almost there. You can do anything you set your mind to. And remember what Greg said. It's a celebration. Disney is meant to be fun. It is going to be fun. There's going to be characters, friends, and so many great opportunities to meet everybody. Jack said something that I would like to touch upon really quickly too, which is struggle bus. I tend to, the last few runs tend to be a little struggly for me, and I have to remind myself that that's normal. My body and my mind are very tired right now from all the training, and don't worry if you're a little bit off. Like My paces from the summer are fast, and then they get a little slower as the training runs get longer. Um, and then usually by the time that the race day comes, I'm having so much fun. I've had my taper, and I'm back to those paces that I was running um, when I was my fastest. So, um, so it's okay to do these runs as slow as possible. We say that all the time, but it's also okay for it to be like a mental struggle and for you to go as slow as you need to so that you can have that fun on race day. I think we should also touch on just a little bit for the people who maybe their simulation didn't go the way that they planned. Um, or maybe, uh, they didn't finish. Um, you know, they got hurt or they were worried about getting hurt. And so they stopped before what the training plan said. I think, especially with marathon training, but also with half marathon, 10Ks, even 5Ks, there comes, you know, you're doing the mental training, but you also have to do the training of listening to your body. So take stock in the next five weeks and, um... Figure out what you need to do to to accomplish this this really big goal. 
Also, running 23 miles on a treadmill is really hard. So if you did that and you didn't maybe do what, you you know, do it in the way that you wanted to do, that's okay. Also, running 23 miles without people cheering for you and without, like, characters Mm -hmm. on the side of the road is really hard. And it's hard when, you know, like Jack said, there's no more podcasts to listen to or you've just got that, like, boredom. And it's that's okay. That's okay if it's hard for you to get through these. These are hard runs. If you did have a run that didn't go good this weekend and you, f- and that's not, that's not called failed, but you didn't go as planned, try to go back and analyze what went wrong. Did you not drink enough? Did you not eat enough? Was your fueling off? Or are you just like, you just tried to go out there and you shouldn't have been going out there? Right. It's not a fail if you learned something from your training run. And that's what we're here to do. That's part of the training. And also keep in mind of what you do and eat a few days before the simulation as well. Good call. Because that will, yeah, that will affect your runs for the simulation. Um, I've learned many lessons and I would like to share that lesson. Please be careful (laughs) with what you do and with what you eat because you will feel it on those runs. To piggyback on what Jack was saying, uh, we all should have some kind of training log, you know, either it's in a book, on Strava, or anything. Uh, write down, like, what you did those days. Like, wh- how you felt? What did you eat? What was your intervals? What was your pace? So when you go back and see what happened that day, oh, here's what happened. So you have something to go back on, even if that's a year from now or two years from now. It's something to go back on and look at. Here's what happened. Here's when it went well. Here's why it went bad. John, funny you should mention Strava. That's the perfect time for us to move on because Strava has added a brand new app called Recover Athletics. And Hallie, why don't you tell us a little bit about it? All right, friends, with Marathon Weekend Fast approaching, we're gearing up for our big race, whatever that is for you, the 5K, 10K, half, full, goofy, dopey. However, you might not be thinking about what are you going to do for recovery? Um, We have special guests with us tonight. Nick K and Nick S are the co-founders of Recover Athletics, and We found out about them through an app that our friend Michelle, my PT, who you've heard on the podcast before, she gave us a glowing recommendation for this app, and I've been using it ever since for prehab, recovery, injury prevention, tons more. So I'd like to welcome Nick and Nick to the podcast. Thanks for coming, guys. Hey, Allie. Hey, team. We're stoked to be here. Thanks so much for having us, team. Awesome. So I'd like to get started by asking you guys, um, you know, your, your app is very specific to, it seems like running and biking. How did you get involved? Are you runners? Um, and, and how did you get started with it? Well, Nick and I have known each other for a long time. Uh, we were actually on a high school track and field team together. Um, so we, we, uh, I have a vivid memory of being 14 years old and Nick had a senior girlfriend as a freshman. Ooh, he was, and he was impressive, also- Nick. And he was also very fast. And I was like, ooh, I got to hitch my wagon to that guy. He knows what he's doing. <laughs> uh, so we ran, we ran high school track together, and that was, that was fun and everything. Nick was good enough to run a year in college. I was not. Um, but after, we, uh, after our running careers ended, we moved back in 
uh, together in an apartment in Boston um, and got our, you know, like real career started. And we wanted to relive some of the glory days. So we decided we run a marathon together. Neither of us had done one. We were like, all right, let's do it. And um, and we picked the Mount Desert Island race up in Maine, which is in Acadia National Park. Super pretty, but also super hilly. Yeah. So we were running a lot of hills, running a lot of miles to get ready for this race. And the aches and pains started to pile up. And we were like, we got to do something. There's nothing out there that's really good to help runners fix aches and pains and prevent injury. And uh, we, we had some friends in the space, some PTs, some doctors that we were close with. And we started to like look at the problem. We didn't like, oh, we're going to make a mobile app. It's going to do this. It'll work like this. It was a very like kind of all over the road approach, but it eventually led to the, the br breaking ground on the mobile app, which you can now download in your favorite app store today called Recover Athletics. Nico, do you want to take the story? Yeah, sure. I mean, I was just going to say that, you know, three years ago, if you didn't have the Recover app, you needed to have a friend in the physical therapy industry, kind of like what you have with Michelle Alley. Mm -hmm. um, and, and I guess, you know, there were really two, two parts um, of the problem that we were inspired to, to try to solve. Um, both stemming from our own personal experiences, as Nick Kay mentioned, you know, anyone who's put a bunch of miles on their body when they're training for, for any race doesn't just have to be a marathon, goes through some aches and pains and starts to worry a bit about injury. It's kind of just endemic to running. It comes, comes with a territory. Um, and we wanted to help runners like ourselves um, spend more time doing the sport they love, training for their races so they can have fun on their big day. But um. But also, you know, we were really lucky. And one of, uh, one of Nick Kay's friends, this incredible PT um, at, at Mass General Hospital, Dana Hinman, was, was the person that we really relied on during that training block to give us exercises that we could do. She, she and her boyfriend actually teamed up, now, now husband, but boyfriend at the time. Uh, and, and he would film her doing the physical therapy exercises that we should be doing ourselves in our teeny apartment in Cambridge, uh, you know, based on our training and, and what what we were feeling as far as aches and pains. Um, and I mean, that was a pretty incredible service. Like we knew even then being kind of like goofballs who were training for our first race, that that was a pretty sweet deal. Um, so when I said that there's like two parts of the problem that we we're trying to solve, we both wanted to help athletes not get injured. We want to help runners solve aches and pains. We also were like, how can we help more runners figure out a sweet deal for themselves? Like we have, like not everyone has an elite, PT like Dana, who is willing to take the time out of her weekends to make these exercises and, and beam them over to, to you. So it was, it was both sides of that. Like, how can we kind of democratize or unlock access to this incredible service for, for any runner? Um, and how can we help people, you know, get to race day unscathed, uninjured, ready to, ready to run a PR. So it, it was both those things that, you know, we, we got to turning around and, Candidly, like we, we, as I mean, as Calf said, like we, we didn't know that a mobile app was the right way to resolve those, those two problems. Um, but being runners like you guys, like we were just passionate about helping people get out there and run their best. And we knew that, you know, if you could help someone fix their aches and pains and unlock incredible access to physical therapy resources, that would go a long way for runners. One of the things that my physical therapist, when she's recommending this to people, one of her clients was saying to her, well, doesn't that put you out of a job? And she said, no, it's actually very complimentary to having a physical therapist as well, too, because if you can prevent injuries from happening before they're out of control, then, you know, you don't really have to um, worry about every 
every light on the check engine light is coming on at the same time, you can kind of work through those small ones um, so that, you know, you can prehab stuff. And that's what a lot of us runners need. Um, We don't want to wait until it's a major injury before we have to go, you know, see a doctor or something like that. And that's really important. Totally. That's one of the things that we say is like what inspired us to start the business is if you see, if you're driving down the street and you see somebody jogging on the shoulder and you roll down your window and be like, Hey, do you have any aches and pains right now? The odds they say no is zero. Like they're going to be like, Oh yeah, my shin. And you know, sometimes my hip is bothering me a little bit. And like we, that's the, that's like the, that's the feature set in the app, right? It's like you tap various parts of the body and we show you exercises to fix those things. It's runners exist on a spectrum between perfectly healthy and perfectly injured. So they need to be able to do those things and intervene at the right time to stay ahead of that stuff. So when you were researching for the app, did, did you stop on the side of the road and, and ask people? No, you <laughs> it's, I mean, it's funny now we're just getting to the point where the app is big enough where we can stop people. When, like we can run with people and they'd be like, oh yeah, I've heard of that app. And we like kind of sometimes are like, yeah, that's our app. But like for a while, it wasn't for a while. It was like stopping people on the side of the road, going to run clubs and being like, Hey, can you try this app? Listen, guys, I've downloaded it. I recently, I think Allie's used it longer than I have. How about a little nuts and bolts telling folks how it works? Totally. Yeah. So what we wanted to lean on when we built this product is we wanted to build a product that really worked. And in order for it to really work, it needs to give athletes the right exercise recommendations because the right exercises are going to have the best effect for the athlete, right? The right stretches, the right strengthening moves are going to be the right thing. So that's where our sort of personal network of friends, this great physical therapist help us get started. But when we build a routine of exercises for runners, we start with the current state of the research science on that acre pain. So like if you have pain in the front of your knee, some people call it runner's knee, patellofemoral pain syndrome. There's lots of names, names for it or whatever, but there's a body of evidence. There's like hundreds of scientists around the world who are getting together groups of people, having them do certain things and measuring their outcomes. Recover always starts with the most up-to-date, large and evidence-based group of those like research studies. We'll start with like 20 studies. Then we'll look at the reviews that look at those 20 studies. And then sometimes there's even a group of doctors who get together, discuss the studies and make a consensus statement. And then we pass those exercises into a routine for runners to do. So we're starting with the science, then we build the routines, and then we allow runners to select those routines and help them add them to their training with like push notifications after you upload a run to Strava. Or like, hey, this is the most evidence-based routine and this is the right day to do it. So we start with the science and then we help fit that science into the runner's life, if that makes sense. Yeah. I think, I mean, what, what Nick Kay just said about the recommendations needing to be evidence-based, that's the phrase we come back to a lot, that there needs to be scientific rigor behind the recommendations that we're making. Like that's always been a differentiator for us from so many other folks that are working in the recovery space. And I think that'll always be a North star for our product. And the other piece is really important too, which is like, I mean, I'm sure you guys can all empathize with this as well. We, everyone knows recovery, um, you know, strength, strength training, PT is important, but it's also the easiest thing to not do. Like we all know that we're not really doing it as much as we should. And so the other insight that we had that both leads to better outcomes for athletes and also better business outcomes for the app is we wanted to make it really easy to fit that training into the athlete's schedule. And we found that personalizing the recommendation based on Strava data was a huge unlock for us. Like that provides a big aha moment for runners where they where they think, 
oh yeah, like this is meant for me. Based on the run that I just did, I'm going to get a coordinated recovery routine based on that data. That's something that people are really looking for. Um, so if we can help people remember to do it, make time in their day um, and coordinate it to, you know, re really like right when you've done the run, that's a huge unlock. And that's something that athletes are, are eager to pay for. It's, it's, a, it's a service that is really helpful. And, um, you know, it's, it makes it a little, a little easier to remember, which is, which is a big, big help. So whenever you get these notifications after you upload a run to Strava, is this how long are these recovery exercises? Is it something like five minutes? Is it like 15 minutes? Like, or is it depend on how long your run is? Like, how does it calculate that? Yeah. So great question. And this is like really the key thing, right? You got to recommend a routine that makes sense. If you've just logged a PR in the 5k and we're like, great, now it's time for you to do some squats and calf raises. You are not going to do the squats and calf raises. Right? Right. Like you, you, you're not going to do the routine unless it makes sense. So we follow like hard days, hard, easy days, easy kind of thing, and then make exceptions for your hardest efforts. So if you're doing a good bulk run, that's making you fit, we're going to recommend you add strength training on that day. If you're doing a PR type effort, you're going longer than you usually go. You're going harder than you usually go. We'll recommend that you do some five minutes of mobility, stretching, foam rolling to help you recover from that effort. So it really is based on what you've done today. Like making that right recommendation is the really important first step. The one word that has been uttered in the last couple of minutes several times that we're just casually glossing over is Strava. Obviously, the two of you guys have set out to develop this app, and now you are working in partnership with Strava. Tell us about how that collaboration um, was formulated because I'm picturing some, you know, like you're riding spaceship earth at Epcot and you come upon this scene where, you know, it's Steve jobs in the garage of like, you know, Apple is born. I, I you know, I, I'm imagining this thing of like the two of you guys, like running on a, on a trail. And then all of a sudden, like the light bulb goes off and it's like, let's work with Strava. H how did that story come about? I'm, I'm really interested. Yeah. Great. I we mean, appreciate you bringing up Steve and Steve jobs and was, <laughs> yeah, you know, Nick and Nick. So yeah, Nick and Nick appreciate the exact that. same story. Yeah. Yeah. And it's such a good, good question, Greg. And, um, obviously, I mean, right, right now we're doing this interview at Strava's headquarters in San Francisco. So we're really, you know, a, a tightly net. Just, just name dropping a little bit. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, uh, actually Strava was a part of, in many ways, the founding story of the, of the app from not quite day one, but like day two. Um, because you know, one of the incredible things the company realized was going to be important for its growth was to open up its, its API to any, you know, any Nick and Nick out there, uh, that, that wanted to build an app to help athletes. Strava makes its, its data, those athletes data accessible if athletes opt in to allow the developer to access it. And so we were able to tap into Strava's API really early in our journey. And if athletes wanted to get personalized recovery recommendations based on their Strava data, then we, we powered that from day one. That was actually like a, a core feature of our mobile app when we launched. Um, and so what that meant is that we knew that athletes really wanted personalized recovery recommendations based on their Strava data. And also Strava knew that as well. They were seeing, you know, first hundreds, then thousands, then, then tens of thousands of their athletes integrating with Recover Athletics to get recovery help. And so, you know, like the light bulb went off with us that, wow, this is something athletes really want. And the same light bulb went off with them. And of course, their perspective was, wow, all these athletes want help and Recover is helping them. 
well, there, that must mean that there's tens of thousands, millions of other athletes in our community that could get, you know, really gain a lot from having access to this help too. And from our perspective, I mean, we've, we've been in it from day one to help runners live their best lives with the sport. Um, and so it made a lot of sense that rather than kind of incrementally grow on our own, we could move from helping tens of thousands of athletes to hundreds of thousands of athletes much faster. Uh, and like, you know, as of the taping of this podcast, we've now reached just under 350,000 athletes and we've only oh, had wow. the wow. for, um, since the spring of 2019, you know, could we have done that on our own? Probably, Probably not. not. <laughs> take a while. <laughs> it would have taken a while. I've been telling people about your app. So, I mean, oh, that's five give Allie, give give Allie, you guys. Give Allie a couple more <laughs> weeks. Yeah, we'll get to 350,000. No problem. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, you just you just recently got the Android app out now too, right? Yeah, that's correct. Well, we have we have a little fun tidbit. So, Recover Athletics was actually just awarded um, Android, uh, Google play, I guess does a, uh, awards every year, best of the app store. And we were, uh, just given best hidden gem for 2022. So oh, nice. Oh, congratulations. thank you very much. We appreciate you big time. Uh, and, uh, and anybody out there with an Android phone, if you go to the app store, you'll probably see a little badge that says best of 2022. Okay. So I am very much a visualizer. So in terms of going back to the description of how the app works, are there videos and are the, let's say, for example, stretches, are there modifications shown in case one is not able to do that exact stretch the way that it is implied? Great question. Yeah. One of the things that you see in physical therapy type apps or health type apps, or even like strength training type apps are these really bad animations of like little like cartoons doing the exercises and it's totally not human and we just never even considered that. We were like, well, we're just going to go into a garage and record all these exercises. And then we'll, like you say, have modifications available. So our first version, we'll, we, we maybe we'll send you a video of like one of our first videos. It was literally me in my living room with a big white piece of paper on the wall and lights I bought off Amazon and like recording the exercises with our PT friend sitting on the other side of the room, making sure my form was good. And then we would write... Okay, well, if the athlete selects, oh, I can't do this move, we'll show them an easier move. Or if they're like, this move is easy, we'll show them a harder move. So in the app right now, there are videos, they're super crisp. We have an athlete in a dark colored shirt in a white room, so you can see exactly what they're doing. And then if they exercise too easy, too hard, there's a modify button right there and you can make a harder version or you can uh, go down to an easier version across the whole product, which is pretty fun. And no, no, no bad animations. They're real people. No, they're ex the videos are excellent. Absolutely. Thank you. I guess my next question that goes in line with that is, yes, you can see the video, but is there a word by word description of exactly how to do it as well in case you can't see it? I guess I know you said the videos are crisp, but is there a word by word description for it as well? Yeah. So we have a, it used to be me in my bathroom with blankets on the wall so it wouldn't sound echoey but we recently only in the last few months we've switched over to fully pro voiceover so we have a professional voiceover actress she's amazing and it makes these things really clear and easy to understand so if you're a visual learner you can totally get it there's audio cues and voiceover and we also have written descriptions as well that are broken out into like how to do it why to do it and then like what to look out for like some moves you're like if it feels like this do an easier version, you know, or like you, you avoid foam rolling over bones, that kind of stuff. Like we'll put that in the little like info section too to make it easy. This stuff shouldn't be hard. It should be 
easy and clear so that you can get the benefit and focus on doing the sport you love. Like this is an additive resource. So we want it to be like friction free and easy so that you can like, we know that your favorite thing in the world isn't stretching. Your favorite thing in the world is running. So we want to get the, like help you get the stretching done so that you can keep doing your favorite thing. You got that right. I love that. But you guys actually got me stretching on Monday. That's not easy to do. <laughs> Love that. You, yeah. well, you know, it's it. funny. one of our best ever features is the post-run notification. 350,000 athletes later, we still get Instagram DMs every week being like, I love the post-run notification. It's one of the first things we built. <laughs> and like even the people at Strava who are like real techno nerds who know how all this stuff works and make computers talk to each other all around the world. They're like, this is a great notification. It's if people just want to be reminded in a nice positive way, but also like kind of an annoying way to do the stretches (laughs) so that you can keep doing your running, you know? So we, we get like who needs this and we, that's what we do too. Like I upload runs still and I'm like, and I get the notification from my own app that says, do your stretching. (laughs) (laughs) So uh, you guys just didn't get you know, hooked up with Strava. How did you guys start out and get involved with people? Like say, Hey guys, can you try this app out for us? How did you get involved with this? Yeah, John, this is a great question. Of course, the first is going to be going to your friends and being like, Hey, if you don't download this, you and I are going to have a problem. And you do that to everybody in your community and everybody you see on the street in running shoes. And eventually you kind of run out of people like a couple hundred people in. So one of the first things we did, and this is like where our love for run Disney comes in was we had what's called a test flight app which is a service that Apple does. It allows you to test apps that aren't fully ready. And they sort of help make it easy for you to like, just get a couple people testing it and get some feedback. And before you actually have to submit to the app store and have to be like a real business. Um, So when we had our first test flight app, we were like, okay, we've got a couple hundred friends who are using this. I think we hit like 150 people and then we didn't have any board numbers to call on our phone. So we were like, all right, let's go find some people who are like, interested in this kind of thing. So we started posting in Facebook groups being like, Hey guys, this is free. Uh, we made this app. We quit our jobs. We work with this physical therapist. We need some help to see if it's any good. Uh, do you have aches and pains from running? And everybody's like, yes. And they're like, well, would you download this thing? And we're like, yes. So we, we posted in various Facebook groups and it would take off. Um, and one of the groups that helped us get our start, like helped get our first four or 500 users, a bunch of whom still use the app today was run Disney. I put up a little post like, Hey guys, me and my buddy, Nick quit our jobs, making this app for runners, try to help you fix aches and pains, prevent injury. And the run Disney community was just like, we are here for you. We feel the problem and we're going to try this app and give you feedback. And it was amazing. Like <laughs> emails, Instagram DMS coming in, people being like, Hey, this is so cool. Could you add this? And we were like, absolutely. We're like, in the queue of things to make and like, oh, what have you thought about this? Have you considered this move, this, that, and the other thing? And Run Disney was just like, the whole community on Facebook was like so positive. I think we got like four or 500 people just off one post to download the app, make accounts. And we got so much like positive feedback. We also got a bunch of like, hey, this like needs some serious work. And we were like, you're right. But it was, it was epic. So when you guys reached out to talk to us, we were like, oh, we, this is like coming full circle. So we're, we're, we're stoked about that. Beautiful. That's cool. That's, that's great. Yeah. One thing also that I think it, like is a little bit behind the veil, but just to give you a, a, you know, a bit of an insight into how we were feeling during that incredible moment where like the group really took our product and in some ways, like it really, it really took off in that, in that period of time, this was leading up until February or March, 2019. Um, but Apple has this kind of arbitrary distinction between apps that have less than a thousand testers and apps that have more than a thousand testers. You have to like go back to them and say like, Yes, we hit a thousand. Will you please approve us for the next tier? Um, and it wasn't until we launched in the Run Disney group that we hit a thousand and had to go back to them and say, like, our app has achieved this degree of success. 
Um, and you have no idea how good it feels when all of a sudden it's like, ding, you hit a thousand and Apple. Yeah, we do. Congrats, guys. <laughs> we felt so good. So honestly, huge plus. There's like, I'm sure you know this, but entrepreneurship, there's ups and downs. It's a roller coaster. And there were definitely some, some, uh, some darker times when we weren't sure necessarily whether the business was going to work out. But it's moments like those that keep you going. Uh, and yeah, just couldn't. Couldn't uh, be more more grateful uh, for your help on that front. So obviously, the Run Disney community really helped you out in terms of your app development. Have you guys had the opportunity to run any Run Disney races yourselves? No, and I was worried you would ask this question because I'm dying to. I want to meet this great. I want to like go to one oh, of these yeah. events. It seems like the most it. epic community of runners of all time. Like it's just like the positivity, the enthusiasm, and also like the theme. Great. We got to do it. We, we, we absolutely have to do one. I mean, it wouldn't be authentic to the Recover Athletic story if we hadn't done a Run Disney Marathon. So, Well, yeah, they're heading back to Disneyland, the runs are, but not till 24. Okay. All right. Well, maybe we'll target one of those. That sounds good. Uh, we'd love to see you in Florida, too. Okay. Will you guys do the one out here in California when it comes back in 24? Yes. All right. 100%. Yes. I might have to sell a kidney, but um, you know, outside of that, yeah, we'll, we'll, we're going to try and make it happen. Amazing. Yeah, we will see you there. I can't wait. So we talked a little bit about how the app got started. Um, and I've seen it grow over the last couple of years from being mostly just a recovery app to being um, a lot more strength training and a lot more injury prevention and a lot more daily upkeep, like daily mobility for you to do. And there's also some some pretty big names in the app now, too. I mean, you have like um, like Meb's in there and Nell Rojas and like people are, have these, you know, you'll be doing like, um, ankle flexibility with Hillary Allen, you know, or like something like that, where you have these different people that are maybe more well-known. How did that get started? And when did that kind of come into play? Cause that's really cool. I mean, I, I was looking at it the other day and I was like, oh, well, if Meb does that, I'm, that's, I'm going to do that. It'll make me fast. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, honestly, Al, you really hit on the the rationale for that strategy in your last comment there. Um, you know, our thesis is and has always been like, how can we make this kind of activity more accessible? How can we get runners into it? Um, and so there's there's a bunch of that's a multifaceted problem to solve. Um, we've talked about a couple of the, the avenues that we've taken to solve that problem, but another piece is like just inspiring runners to try things that they know the best in the sport are doing um, to be excellent. And so that was really the driving rationale behind working with pro athletes. And actually, as you mentioned, Meb is in the app and Meb was the first pro that we worked with. Um, and that was also a, a real paradigm shift for us. We, we hadn't tried that before. As as Nick Kay mentioned, a lot of our early exercises, he's he's was the model right, for. And that's right. If you open yeah. the app, you'll still see him in some of the routines today. Yeah. Um, and, Me and Meb was... That was a big step forward for us as a business. And it was really all about how can we get runners to believe that this is the right thing to do for them? Um, you know, if you're not someone who's necessarily motivated by the science of physical therapy, you know, maybe you will be motivated by seeing the best American marathoner um, doing the exercises. So it was, it was really just about how can we authentically speak to our audience um, and get them to believe in doing this kind of activity and, and, and help folks reduce their risk of injury and feel better on the roads. Um, and then the other piece, of course, is, you know, these are some of the best minds in the sport as well. They have secrets, they have exercises that only they know. Uh, and so the same way that we're thinking about how can we bring some of this knowledge um, from the scientific community, from, uh, from PTs to runners, how can we democratize that? We want to do that with pros too. 
um, and make their knowledge really accessible um, to every everyday runners like us. So that's that's really how we were thinking about it, and, and it's definitely going to be a part of our strategy moving forward. Um, the, you know, the theme of accessibility. We have much more mobility and daily maintenance content now um, because we know, as as Calf was saying earlier, like after a, a crazy hard run, you're probably not going to want to do a long physical therapy routine. But if you can get started with just five minutes of foam rolling and and realize, oh, that made me feel better, then maybe a couple days later, you'll come back and do some of the strength training work that'll really help you injury proof your body. Yeah, uh, so for sure. Thinking a lot about like all these different carrots that we can introduce in the product to help people really get engaged. Yeah. Also just side note on that. Uh, we also would just reach out to pro runners and they'd be like, oh yeah, I get 20 Instagram DMs a week about this. I'd love to put it somewhere so that people can go actually do it because they don't have the tools like, right? Like Nell Rojas, Nell Rojas grinds less miles than most great American marathoners, but she lifts way more weights than most of them. Yeah. And we're always totally. asking, Hey Nell, like what's your strength routine? What's your three? Where can you find it? You'll see it in her Instagram story for like one day. And there won't be any details. Jack, like you say, there won't be any how to, why to, there won't be details. There'll just be like one quick video. Whereas on the Recover app, Nell will talk you through the how and the why of each of those exercises. And you can learn like the actual routine she does and she does the voiceover. So we sat down and be like, explain why you're doing this. And the way she talks about it is so interesting. She's like, I run a lot of downhill marathons. You got to have eccentric quad strength, which is like kind of like mumbo jumbo a little bit. But she talks about it. You, it starts to make sense. And then you're like, okay, I'm going to do that thing. Like you, it sells you and it's good. And then you also get to watch Nell, who's just like the most incredible athlete ever do incredible feats of strength. You don't need to know who the athlete is necessarily either, because the app kind of tells you like, this is for downhill running, or this is for, um, a long run, or this is for yeah a quick, um, I don't know. I can't think of anything <laughs> like a quick core wor workout or something like that. It tells you what, what's, what you need it for. Yeah. The best part is we never had to tell any of these athletes what to make. We would just be like, what do you do? And they would be like, this, this is my routine. We'd be like, great, we'll shoot it. It would take like five minutes to get ready for it. It was great. It was really easy. It's not so much a question, but I just want to put out there. I'm, I've been looking on the app as you guys are talking about it, just to kind of get a reference of exactly what you guys are all saying. And so I did the, the, I guess to say quiz to say, what am I aching? I know our listeners know that I've been having quite a bit of problems with my Achilles tendon and my posterior tibialis. Um, so it's been nice that now that I put that in, my notification came for me to do the exercises and it put up five great exercises. And I will say the videos are so well done and detailed. If you click on the little eye icon next to each um, movement, it's very well detailed described there's no way you're going to have any confusions. I'm extremely excited to use this. I have not had the chance to use this yet. And for someone that has been having problems and, and trying to, like a lot of us, trying to get to our main goal race, this is going to be a huge tool for you guys to recover. And I, I'm, I'm really impressed by it. I like well, it thanks. too. I like that you can build your own routines. Um, and based on like, I have a couple injuries that are a little bit nagging. One major one is my IT band, but I also sometimes get a little bit in my Achilles and I sometimes get a little bit, you know, um, in uh, the plantar fascia. And so it's yeah. like, it's nice that you can like build your own routines. Um, yeah. yeah. Allie, that's the pro feature. Honestly, only our power users discover that. Uh, so clearly, clearly you're a veteran <laughs> and, uh, <love> <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Also, Jack, like you say, that's a really authentic experience for most runners, right? 
Like if you look at Kira's routine, Kira D'Amato, former American record holder in the marathon, absolute warrior out there. She has two specific things that she deals with. She deals with some planter stuff and she also deals with some hip stuff. So her routine in our app is foot and hip. That may seem kind of weird. They're far apart from one another. Like, but that's like the authentic experience that a runner has. Like I have right lower calf, left hip flexor, like whatever it is, like you can build a routine for it, which is makes sense. We couldn't have all the routines for all the possible combinations, the routine, <laughs> 5,000 routines, but uh, you know, you can build it. So that, that is definitely a good feature when you download the recover app, definitely make a customer team because that is like the unlock of unlocks. And I will say like, if you're trying to financially do it, this is extremely affordable. And for someone who is, um, their health insurance isn't the greatest and it doesn't afford to use a PT as, you know, as affordable as you would like it to be. This is such a great option. Um, and yeah, I'm just excited for it because I know for me, I haven't been able, I wish I could see a PT, but I can't. So this is such a great use of a resource. Yeah. Jack, it's also a two for one. So you subscribe once on recover athletics and then you get access to Strava's premium features as well. So or, 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 vice, or vice versa, right? Or right. vice versa. Yeah. If you yeah, already yeah. pay for Strava and you right. download Recover, when you finish onboarding, there will be some confetti and it will say, this is already included in your Strava subscription. Enjoy the whole whatever. That's so, what happened to me. And, and me also. <laughs> awesome. yeah. Nice. I didn't know it worked the other way around now. So now I'm really excited. <laughs> yeah, it's cool. one, one, one subscription across both apps. Yeah, wow. that's nice. Um, I am bringing it back to some of our listeners um, who've been with us for a while. I just typed in all of the things for plantar fasciitis and um, on the um, I was scrolling through looking at all the different exercises and, and the routines that it created for me. And one of the things that's on there is toe yoga. Toe yoga. Episode 32 or something. I can't remember. Yeah. Yep. Okay, well, listen, guys, toe yoga is no joke. So the no, most the most rigorous scientific study of preventing running injuries is a study done in Sao Paulo by the University of Sao Paulo, I think. They spent a fortune setting up this study because it's a really hard thing to do. They would have, they had a group of 100 runners. They normalized for everything. They normalized for people's diets, for their body type and size, for their shoe type, all these different things. And they had one group do foot exercises for a year. And they made them go on Zoom three times a week with a PT watching to make sure they did the exercises <laughs> and right. Okay. This is yeah. a hard study to do. And then over the course of the subsequent year, they measured their rates of running injuries across both populations. So they had one group do basically like fake exercises, um, like to like make them feel like they were doing something. So they had the good placebo <laughs> yeah. effect. Yeah, they control group, yeah. Feel like biological effect. And that group of athletes who did the toe yoga, which was one of the exercises, had 54% lower run rates of running injuries of all types across the next year. Wow. So this stuff wow. really works. And foot strength is one of the most like rigorously yeah. proven things. So that toe yoga is no joke. Do it. Okay. And I'm you, doing it right now. Yeah. Yeah. I wonder how you're doing are. toe yoga. All, yeah. all the listeners are also doing toe yoga. I love it. I love can it. I, love can it. I also say that I love that you knew that study fact? Like that's yeah. <laughs> just that's throw great. out this study. It's great. This is great. Well, when we started the company, the that study had not been done. So there was lots of studies which sort of suggested that certain things would help prevent running injuries, but it's very difficult to prove a negative. It's very difficult to go into the future and show that you have affected this thing like far out. 
um, with one behavior. Like it's hard to control for that and everything. So when we started, there was all these running injury researchers. It's like one day there will be a paper which shows this. We all know it's going to be true. There's lots of evidence on the side, but one day there will be a randomized control trial that shows that this really works. And then we were like a, a year and a half into the business. And one of our medical advisors was like, hey, did you see the Sao Paulo paper? And we were like, let's have beers. This is great. Oh, <laughs> this is proving like what we're doing is real. And it, it's, it's, uh, it's a good thing. Okay. So what else is happening with the app? I guess you guys are like, I know you have runners and cyclists. Anything else coming down the pipe? Yeah. So definitely something that we're thinking a lot about, John. And I'd say right now we're really focused on expanding our content catalog so that we can better serve the athletes that we've you know chosen to expand to already. So you, as you know, we started with runners. Now we've expanded to cyclists. Um, and I think we honestly have a lot of work to do within the space that we've we've picked out for ourselves already. Um, we launched for cyclists just a couple of weeks ago, which was a really proud moment, something that our team had been working towards for a while. Um, and and you know we don't yet have true parity between cycling and running. And so I think what you'll see is us introducing more content, new exercises, new athletes, both for runners, but you know, with an increasing focus on cyclists so that we can really give an even handed experience across the platform for athletes in both camps. So that's, that's going to be a big focus for us. Um, and then also new fun content with great creators. So, you know, like Peloton, there's all sorts of amazing cycling class instructors all around the world. Every city's got a bunch of cycling studios and somebody in that studio is a genius and is really entertaining and really cool. And that same thing is starting to happening is started to happen in running. Like there's an amazing creator who we have a routine filmed with but we haven't launched yet so get excited for this but if you follow Train Smart Run Strong on Instagram, she's a PT and running coach in New York City who is hilarious and also 100% <laughs> evidence based. Proof that science can be fun. We've got an amazing strength class with her that we're going to launch this year. Cool. We've also got some other cool content creators in the queue. And our, uh, we also have in the app right now for the first time a live routine that is filmed as one continuous video. So instead of bite size, exercise by exercise, it's a follow along yoga flow with a professional cyclist named Amity Rockwell. So Amity will narrate as you do yoga. It's a great experience. And so there's going to be some more of that coming in 2023 too. Yeah. Another big focus for us, you know, we are part of Strava now and um, obviously we're, we're thinking a lot about accessibility, how we can introduce to app, the, the app to athletes the right way and, and create the right experience for them. Um, and so much is about timing. Um, and so we want to be really thoughtful about how we can introduce the app to athletes on Strava in the right place in the user experience at the right time so that folks really feel that the app is for them. Um, so that's been a big focus for us, honestly, already in the past year um, since the acquisition and, and is going to be something we think more about in the future, too. So really excited to help more athletes discover the app. But it's it's certainly not, as you guys know, like every runner has slightly different aches and pains. It's not a one size fits all approach to, to, to how you introduce the product. So really want to be thoughtful about that. And um, it, it'll be interesting to see kind of how we get creative on that front moving forward. You guys have made it really accessible and you've made it so that um, something that's very confusing for a lot of people is can be explained in a way and be integrated into your running life um, very easily. So I really love it as an app personally, and I've seen it grow um, quite a bit since you guys, you know, I think I've, I've been on the app for a couple of years now and I've seen it grow quite a bit. And I, so I, I look forward to those changes that you're going to make in the future and the things that you're going to implement. That's really cool. 
Thanks, Allie. We will try to make something good for you. That is kind of the, that's kind of the, that's like the story of this business is two runners with a lot of aches and pains wanted something good. We're still trying to make it. So we're on the way. And it's not a paid endorsement. I mean, we don't, we don't get anything for this. This is just an app that I like and and that I use. So it's a genuine um, endorsement for it. And I, I hope other people find it. And I know you can, you can look at it for free at first, right? Is that still true? Yep. You can try a custom program for free. So you sign up, you can input one body part that you want to learn about how to recover and prevent injuries. And you'll get to see a bunch of routines on that body part and then also a bunch of other routines. So you, and that you can use those in unlimited amounts. So it's a very, it's a freemium, a very generous freemium. You can use it as much as you want. And if you want more, you can upgrade and then you also get Strava included. So not a bad deal. I love the fact that you're research-based, not uh, urban legend, not anecdotal evidence, because there is a lot of that in this community. Totally. We had, we had like from the, from the, one of the many like huge wins that we had was starting the business in Boston. So there's an amazing group of researchers out there, the Spalding National Running Center, which is run by our medical advisor, Adam Ted Forty, who's the USA Olympic team doctor and one of like the preeminent researchers on bone health and athletes, uh, specifically runners, is like the guy who's telling us what to look at. We had Dr. Sherry Blowett, who's Boston Marathon winner in the wheelchair division, a Paralympic medalist, and one of like the most preeminent researchers on running related health, telling us where to look. And they were like, we have to present to them. And if we weren't up to the science, they were going to tell us to do it again. So like we had an amazing kind of like team of people helping us. We're not doctors, we're not physical therapists, but we had the best minds in the, in the business helping us look in the right places. And then we can add our little like tech content secret sauce to it and give the market something that people like. So it was a, it was a good team effort. And yeah, we just got to shout out our medical advisors because they took a big risk on us. Two kids walked in and we were like, hey, can we help you guys make a medical app? And they were like, mm, sure. Yeah, but you did it. You did a great job. Look, there's a reason you can walk into almost any running store in the country and buy a t-shirt that says everything hurts and I'm dying. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and, and, and you're trying to do something about that. And, and on behalf of runners in the world, thank you. Hey, yeah, listen, it's absolutely. a labor of love. And also we're just trying to fix ourselves. So yeah. <laughs> I, I will say, Bob, to that point, like we, uh, something I really want to get out there is that we feel tremendously grateful. I know we talked already about the support that the Run Disney community specifically um, gave us in helping get the product off the ground, Allie, with the you know early beta testing community back in the day a couple of years ago. Um, but, you know, also, as I'm sure you all have felt, the running community is an incredible place to build and spend time. And I think we got lucky starting the app in Boston where there's a great community of like running related scientists. Um, but it's also just a great running community. And the running community, even outside of Boston, is just so generous with their time and feedback. People are just really positive. They're also, you know, oftentimes kind of nerdy like us. And so they really want to experiment with products and understand how things work and and, and optimize their performance and get better. Um, so we, I think we really scored um, and have really benefited so much. And it's, it's honestly like a huge privilege and we feel honored to give back to the community. So appreciate you saying that, but um, we feel really grateful to you. Well, I think, I think it's great. And one more time before we let you go, I want to download the app. How do I get it? So go to the app store of your preference. So Apple app store, uh, the app store on iOS or the play store on your Android phone, type in recover athletics, 
and it will be there. It will be the first thing. And, and, and hopefully, if this comes out on the right date, it'll have a little badge that says best of 2022 in the Android store. So that will be a nice little, not, a little nod that you're in the right place. We'll, we'll call uh, Steve Jobs and see if we can get the same thing. In the <laughs> that <laughs> Nick and Nick, thanks for joining us. We enjoyed it. Thanks so much, guys. Thank this was you. so fun. Seriously, guys, it's a really cool app. There's so much that you can build and customize in them. There's so many preset things. You can go in and build your own like rehabilitation program, basically, and recovery program. You can even go down to the – it allows you to select the equipment you, you own. So if you own a foam roller, you can add that. And if you have ankle weights, you can use that. If you have a dumbbells and barbells at home, you can add that, physio ball, et cetera. Or if you just have – you know, the basics, like a tennis, I have a tennis ball and I have um, a towel and I have a chair and I have resistance bands or something. So you can really customize it. Um, and I just think, I just think go and download it for free and see what it is. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it appears that we all have, uh, and I'm kind of excited about it, even though I've only had it for a day or two. It seems like the results are written for me. I know they're not, I know it's just a general formula. So give it a try and uh, let us know. Uh, speaking of let us know, I'll remind you again, I've done this a couple times already this week about our Join the Conversation link. It's at the top of the Facebook page. I know a lot of you listen while you're out on your training runs. And if you're listening on your training run and you think about it, like you hear Bob say, meanwhile, in Mobile, Illinois, you could go to the link either in the show notes or on the Facebook group page and leave us a little message and saying, Bob, Mobile's not in Illinois. It's in Alabama. You should know that, you dummy, because you used to live there. Anyway, it's an opportunity for you to talk back to us and let us know what you think during the episodes. Guys, this is a Zoom week. Instructions are up on the Facebook page. We'll be online Thursday evening if you got some time. Come and chat with us. We talk about training, talk about whatever you want. I got some notifications from the Jeff Galloway group. They have new plans for the Jeff Galloway weekend. It looks like they're revising what they call Barb's 5K, which is the Saturday run. They've got some fun activities working around that. Take a look at that one. I do hope there are certain runs that we tend to get larger groups of customized training plan folks or people that listen to certain podcasts. And I'm hoping that some of you can make it to that March weekend in Atlanta for the Jeff Galloway run weekend. Okay, my friend, let us move on. It is time for the race report. And this will probably be an especially long race report. First of all, last week I mentioned that Hannah ran the Gobbler 10K. What I didn't mention was that she won her age group. I didn't want to leave that out. I didn't omit it by accident. I just found that out. But I wanted to congratulate Hannah on winning her age group. All right. Now, listen up. <laughs> I usually wait until next week for apologies and alibis. I'm going to apologize beforehand here. This race report is so long that I, first of all, you know, I love you. 
for sending us notes, for sending us photos, for telling you how the race went. I encourage you to use the link I've talked about a couple times. So leave us a little audio race report on your own, as someone did, which you'll hear in a little bit. But we have so many here that if I highlight every comment that everybody made, yeah, we'd be here for quite a while. And to help break things up just a little bit, so you don't have to sit here and listen to me for the next 30 minutes reading off races and names, we're going to try and uh, share the wealth amongst the gang here. So let me begin with the races, the turkey trots, etc., that occurred November 24th, Thanksgiving Day here in the U.S. Let's start in Fishers, Indiana, that mecca of racing. The Fishers YMCA Wishbone 5K. Callie ran that one. The Cocoa Beach Turkey Trot 5K. Jessica ran that one. Jessica has new shoes, which I think she very cleverly named Peach Gobbler. I like that, Jessica. That was cute. Worth mentioning. In Atlanta, Georgia, the Invesco QQQ Thanksgiving Day Half Marathon. Allie and Joe ran that one. Allie did a PR, sub three hour PR. Good job, Allie. In Groveland, Florida, the Groveland Turkey Trot 5K, Margaret and John finished that one. In Buffalo, New York, the 127th annual YMCA Turkey Trot 8K, which is the oldest consecutively run race in the world, our friend Amy ran that race. In Arlington, Virginia, the Arlington Turkey Trot 5K, um, that was Jennifer who ran that. That course got shortened. Yeah, let me explain. Let me explain that one, Allie. What happened is they had, uh, Jennifer's pretty fast. She runs towards the front. And they had a police officer escorting the front. He made a wrong turn. Oh. And the racers followed him. And it, it was a 5K. I think it ended up being 2.9 miles. They didn't miss much, but yeah. Yeah. <laughs> In Dana Point, California, you know, the Dana Point Turkey Trot 10K, and Ruth ran that, and she ran it sub 60, which is like my goal for That's 10Ks. a good goal for 10K, yeah. sure is. And then in Sanford, Florida, the Turkey Day 5K, Sonia and her husband ran it. Running the Community First Distance Classic Half Marathon, we had Chris Twiggs pacing that uh, event. Uh, in St. Petersburg, Florida, the Coffee Pot Turkey Trot, Tiffany ran that. In Fort Smith, Arkansas, the Mercy Fitness Turkey Trot 5K. Our buddy Joe got that and came in third in his age group. And the Somerville, Mass., the 26th annual Gobble Gobble 4 Mile, Emily ran that one. I, I love the he, name of it. It's actually Gobble Gobble yeah, Gobble. He, he How did. cute he left, is that? He left a gobble out I got, there. I, I'm sorry about that. <laughs> That's okay. He uh, ate em- the gobble. Emily will, Emily will <laughs> forgive you. Yeah. So in Sarasota, Florida, we had the Florida Turkey Trot 5K where Amelia and friends ran it. In Franklin, Massachusetts, we have a Franklin Turkey Trot 5K where Riley ran that. In Jefferson, Georgia, we have FBC Turkey Can Run. I like that. I think that's a fun name. We had Lauren run that. And then for the Webster Turkey Trot 5K. 4.4 miles out in Webster, New York. We had both Brian and Karen run as well. Then down in Orlando, Florida, we had the Seniors First Turkey Trot. Our buddy Jared ran that one. Then moving up north to Troy, New York, was the 75th annual Troy Turkey Trot 5K, and Scott ran that one. 
So then we had the virtual 5K that was based in Clark, New Jersey, the Run Now Gobble Later. I think that's a brilliant title there. Uh, our friends Michelle and John ran that one. And then we also had the Turkey Trot at Waterset 5K, and that took place in Apollo Beach, Florida, and Tracy ran that one. We also had the Turkey Trot 10K in Bismarck, North Dakota. Our friend Erica ran that one. And for the next race... Hey, Rise and Run crew. This is Jason from Orlando. I am here in Utah visiting family for Thanksgiving, where I ran the Utah Human Race 5K in Sandy, Utah. It was very cold and high elevation, so it was tough, but it kept me moving while on vacation, so it served its purpose. Um, the even cooler thing I did while I was here was I went to Monument Valley and ran where Forrest Gump ran, really where he stopped running, but it was the coolest run I've ever done. It was just awesome and beautiful and amazing. Happy Thanksgiving, everyone. And then in downtown Columbia... The Downtown Columbia Turkey Trot 5K in Columbia, Maryland. Um, we had Kelly and Ethan run that. Um, we had the Wiregrass Turkey Trot in Wesley Chapel, Florida. Christina ran that one. In Carmel, Indiana, we have Bolts for the Heart 5K that Jeff and his wife ran. And you guys, I'm like really excited to say this, this race that's coming up next um, I can only imagine what the medal looks like. It had a bit <laughs> epic. But it is, it is called Give Him the Bird 5K in East Hampton. Is it Massachusetts? It is. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. okay oh I'm, I'm picturing the medal now. I, I'm really hoping it's like a turkey, <laughs> but only like the middle feather is sticking up. Yeah. That, there we go. I, that that race I would do for the medal easily. I don't remember. I, I I'm so curious. Um, I don't think she posted. I don't remember Jen posting. But Jen, anyway. if if you post that, can you tag me in it so I can see that medal? I think that's absolutely fantastic. Um, yes. <laughs> All right, you guys, and to keep continuing on, we do have in Calabash, uh, North Carolina, we have the Calabash Turkey Trot 5K, which Jennifer ran, and she PR'd. Oh, yes. And she PR'd. Congratulations. And by the way, Christina PR'd that Wiregrass Turkey Trot in Wesley Chapel also. Yes. In Greenville, South Carolina, we had the Tree Upstate Turkey Trot 8K. It's not a 5K. It's an 8K. And I love it. Um, we had Victoria run that. And I think that's absolutely amazing. And then we had, oh, you guys, this is an ultra. You know, I get excited for my, oh, God, they did it virtually. I'm proud of you. Okay, so... In Gainesville, Florida, they ran a virtual fundraiser run up to 50K was Lisa. I'm proud of you. So I'm, I'm assuming that you get to choose the distance of what you want to up I'm to 50K. I'm not sure 50K. what she did. Yeah, I, I remember Lisa posting photos of the outfit she had laid out for that event. Oh, I love it. But I don't recall hearing how she did. I hope she'll update us. Either that or I yeah. might have missed it. There are so many, I might have missed some of them. Jackie and got one more there, I think. I, I do. And I'm really excited to say this, but I feel like I'm going to butcher it. So if you're from here, let me know if I butchered this. But it's from... Chu <laughs> Wait, I'm sorry. This is going to be fun. Chuwala. Oh, my God. You know what that sounds like? Cruella? Chuwala? Cruella? <laughs> Anyways, from Chuwala, Washington, the Turkey Trot 5K out there, Amy had run that. Excellent. Uh, yeah, I, that's all I pronounce. It's pronounced cruel. 
I believe. <laughs> yeah, I love that. It's, Correct it's me if I'm wrong. If you pronounce it for Thanksgiving, right? If you pronounce it in Turkey, that's the way. Yeah. <laughs> not not Wait, Turkey the it? country, Turkey the way Turkey speaks. Allie, I'm going to respond back to you in your language. Okay. Did you get that? Okay. Off the rails. We're completely off I'm, the rails. I'm losing control. I'm losing control. Okay. Now, those are the races that you included in the race report. And I was able to get title and state, et cetera. But not to leave folks out, some of you posted that you finished races. And typically when you do this, I go in and I try to look up where they were, et cetera. I didn't have time. So rounding out the turkey trots, Laura did the godly 8K, but I don't know where. Nikki ran a half marathon, but I don't know where. Madge ran a 5K. You getting the theme? I don't know where. Madge did a dead last start on that one, but I'm not sure where it was. She had a cool turkey hat on. Yeah. Tracy did a 5K in Dallas. Hey. I got that one. Location. Yeah. An eight mile was canceled. There was an eight miler supposed to be run, but it was canceled because the weather was so bad. Jennifer did a 5K in Charleston, South Carolina. Jennifer's three-year-old ran their first kids run, and Jennifer's older daughter ran her fourth 5K of the year. Jennifer didn't say how old her daughter was, but she's pretty young to have run her fourth 5K. I saw the picture. Mike did the Flying Feather four-miler in Dublin, Ohio. Jennifer did the Turkey Trot two-mile with a best friend who was doing her first run. Susan did a local 5K. Mark did an 8K, said it was chilly. Katie and her husband did a 5K. Tony did a five-miler and set a PR. And Lori did a 5K, her first ever turkey trot. And some guy named John did something, but he didn't tell us what it was. Yeah, so I did the uh, Ashenfelter 8K in Glen Ridge, New Jersey. Okay. And I don't know how many of that is, but I'm on line 110 in my spreadsheet. <laughs> that wraps up the turkey trots that we did. Guys, I love I, I love I love the response. Now, I joked a little bit about how many there were and it it was a little bit challenging to try to keep track of all of them. Trust me, I appreciate it. I love the fact that you're willing to send them in for us. Congratulations to all of you, and keep those cards and letters coming. All right, let's move on to Saturday, because we still had a weekend to talk about. Palmetto Peach Half Marathon in North Augusta, South Carolina, also goes into Augusta, Georgia, goes through two states. Melissa did that one. The NCR Trail Half Marathon in Baltimore, Maryland, Kelly and Ethan ran that. It was Ethan's first half marathon. The Leftovers Run 10K, a perfect title for a race to be held on the Saturday after Thanksgiving. Jennifer, I didn't make note of where that one was, but Jennifer finished that one, finished second in her age group. And once again, just trying to make sure I got everybody, Molly ran a 5K, but Molly, I didn't copy where. It was 
or what the name of the run was. Okay, let's move on to Sunday. Sunday was a busy day. We had a, a really nice event over in Cocoa Beach, Florida, the annual Space Coast Marathon, always the Sunday after Thanksgiving. Actually, the Space Coast Marathon is the oldest marathon in the state of Florida. We had a bunch of runners. We'll get to that in a little bit, but we've got some guests with us tonight. I want to start with the half marathon on the North Course, and welcome to the Race Report Spotlight, Adam and Jennifer. Thank you. Nice to talk to you. Good to, good to see you again, Jennifer. Adam, I know you're in there somewhere. <laughs> I heard you. I know you're in there somewhere, Adam. I heard you bark. <laughs> hey there, Bob. No, it's a pleasure to be back. I've been looking forward to this for quite some time. That's neat. And Adam, uh, you, uh, you helped me segue. I love that. I was going to mention that Adam was with us before. You may remember when we talked about the Keys 100. Adam completed that with his buddy, Tony. Adam was on with us along with Jamie. And uh, you're fixing to do that one again too, aren't you? Yeah, we signed up for, for that fun again. We got so much out of it. We're going to we're gonna do it again. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. Yeah. I may have to think about having you on too often, Adam. It's your sanity, I'm not. No, nah, come on. That's really impressive. But look, we'll, we'll talk about that next spring. Um, good luck. But welcome. Hey, I got a chance to talk with Adam and Jennifer before the event just a little bit to get to know. I hadn't met Jennifer before. I've known Adam for a while. Um, yeah, we were hanging out by the porta potties. And, <laughs> That's where everyone <laughs> hangs out pre-race. Yeah, yeah. And we were getting ready to go. Uh, great event. Now, you guys, and I'll explain. Many listeners know this. Some do not. The Space Coast Marathon is two half marathons. You leave from a central point in the city of Cocoa Beach. And if you're running the full marathon, you take off to the north, you do your 13.1, and then you take off to the south and finish that way. But you always have, also have the option of doing either one as a half, and you two did the north course as a half. And uh, Jennifer, I'll start with you. How did it go? Well, I've ran the north course before because I ran the marathon in 2014, but I really didn't remember much of it. Um despite the fact that it felt like I was running through a swamp. Um, I felt like it went really well. Um, I, I You're referring the, to the humidity. Yeah, the heat the and humidity yeah. were just brutal. Yeah. I mean, no one wants to run a race where the starting temp is in the 70s. It's just not ideal. Um, I'm grateful that I'm from Florida, so I'm used to the conditions, even though I don't enjoy running in it. Um, the first couple miles were very crowded. Um, and for someone with a vision disability, it creates a lot of challenges trying to navigate that. Um, uh, it was worse on the South course. I did the South course last year and the year prior, and then the congestion is much worse there. Um, yeah, it was more runners on that. A little course, better yeah. than it was. Um, it was pretty bad. So, you know, Adam, um, had his work cut out for him mm -hmm. to help me navigate that. Well, Jennifer, you thank you for pointing out that I buried the lead because <laughs> because I've spoken with both of you so uh, at such length. The reason Adam and Jennifer are here with us together is that Jennifer has a visual problem 
and Adam ran as Jennifer's guide. So they ran as a team. Right. So that's pretty cool. Yeah. Um, and yeah, it was mighty warm. Adam, how'd it go for you? How, just in general, had you been on the North course before? I have never run the race period. So it was all ah. brand new to me. What'd you think of the course? I thought the course was really nice um, for Florida. It's got some hills in it. I think it's about 250 feet of elevation change. But um, no, it was very pretty up there. Yeah. Um, but it, I mean, it was tough. It's a tough race just because of the heat, right? It was yeah, 70, the heat made 70. it tough. Um, so I, I thought it went well, though. Yeah, it, it was a challenge. Um, I was coming off of tired legs, too, so I was fighting that. But uh, but it was uh, the heat was really kind of kind of getting us. But uh, you had another unique challenge that I'm aware of, but I'll get to that in a little bit. Okay, based on where you were running, uh, it, within, within the crowd, I'll get to that in a minute. Jennifer, I mean, when I was with you, if no one had said anything to me, I wouldn't know you had a visual problem. But well, you for need the a guide. Part, you probably wouldn't know if you sit, um, you know, like across a restaurant booth for me and are able to watch closer. You're usually able to pick it up. Um, but definitely we were in the dark, so that's to my advantage. No one's going to notice it, uh -huh. but I don't have peripheral vision on my right side. Um, and it can never be restored. So, um, it sounds like that's not such a big deal, right? Well, you can see everywhere else. I mean, what's the big deal, right? Well, it's a huge deal, especially when you're running, um, because you can't anticipate what people are going to do behind you, in front of you and on the side of you. Um, and last year I ran with a Galloway pacer on the South course and about mile four, someone in front of me came to a complete stop, um, which caused me to, to fall pretty bad. Ooh. Um, and I, I never got over it. I still finished the race in a respectable time, but it completely ruined the experience for me. And I wasn't going to come back this year after running it for six years because I was so spooked over that experience. Um, and so I'm really grateful that Adam gave me a whole new experience and a whole new you know, <laughs> thought process about going back again. Very nice. Well, I, I think it's a big deal. I, if you don't think it's a big deal, take your hand and hold it up on the side of your face and then try to negotiate the world. It, you, you can't always be turning your head 90 degrees. But anyway... So you got teamed up with Adam. How, how'd you get stuck with him? So um, I have ran Galloway on and off throughout the 10 years that I've been doing races. Uh, and so at Space Coast, I always ran with the Galloway Pacer. But I mean, even if you don't have an impairment, it's challenging because the pace groups are big, typically, at least in the beginning. Um, and so I always had a really hard time navigating that. And so I reached out to Chris Twiggs and kind of explained the situation. And I asked, you know, if he knew anybody that might be willing to run with me at a two hour half marathon pace as the space close race director had agreed to provide that person the ability to run with me. Um, and so that was how Adam was introduced. Yeah. And Adam, I feel bad. See, before we started recording, when I used that line about getting stuck with one another, it got a big laugh, but because I used it up early, you guys didn't laugh this time. It was definitely intended to be a joke. <laughs> Yeah, that's thanks, Jennifer. That's definitely stuck with me. <laughs> Greg, Greg, take that laugh and put it. Never mind. Anyway, <laughs> uh, Adam, you'd never done anything this, like this before, had you? 
I had not. No, when when Chris had reached out to me, I was uh, humbled and excited and scared at the same time, right? So it was a whole new experience, um, but I was really looking forward to it, um, just to be able to 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 help a you know a fellow runner out yeah. in general is is in my wheelhouse. I really enjoy doing that, um, but the challenge of not only running a, a you know a tough pace, um, but to do that and essentially this tall skinny guy be a uh, a muscle wall for for her right side um was uh was a little intimidating but um but yeah it was it, it, i was i was very excited to do it i'm sure you handled that no problem and you touched on it, and i was thinking about it you had two challenges you had the challenge of assisting a runner and then you had the challenge of maintaining the two-hour pace which i know you're able to do but that's uh that's not that easy I don't think it is. Um, how'd you How'd you make out on that? And I know the answer, but I'll let you answer. <laughs> no, we we made out real well. Um, I'll tell you when we started that race though with the heat. Uh, I I was nervous. Uh, the the crowd in the beginning, like Jen said, was uh, was very uh, uh, challenging to stay on her side. And there was many times where I had uh-huh. to split uh, and come back. Uh, and it was super dark too, right? So we had that. Um, yeah, ironically, yeah, yeah. I have a watch that has a light on it and I figured it out about a quarter mile in that I had that turned it on wow. and it's a bright led light. And that, that was a, you know, a lifesaver for, for, uh, for the whole situation. Cause I, I could, cool. I could, but when you turned it on, everyone around us went, Oh, <laughs> <laughs> because, uh, because you took off at 6am, right. And I don't think it started getting the light till about 645. Yeah. It was really dark for the first three miles. Yeah. Um, yeah, very dark. But, yep. but it's funny to hear him say that he was nervous about it because you would never have known. I mean, he he had me believing, you know, that that this was in the bag. Like he I does this all the time. That he was nervous about any of it. He was like, "Oh, this is we're we're, we're golden. Everything's gonna be great." I'm like, "Okay, <laughs> everything's gonna be great." <laughs> Jen, do you usually run with a with a guide or with an assistant? I do. Um, I think it was. 2017 or 2018, I ran um, one of the run Disney races. It was either Star Wars or Wine and Dine. You know how they take you back in the area where the where the trash is collected? You know what I'm talking about? Yeah, I do. Sure it's do. Yeah. really dark. And so they had added at that point um, strobe lighting and smoke effects. And that, I mean, I was in a world of hurt when I got into that area. And I ended up just asking a runner nearby if I could hold onto their shoulder. And I literally held onto their shoulder and ran that entire way. And that was when I knew that I had to ask for help. Great. And Adam provided. And Adam, you had another pacing challenge here. And I think it's an interesting and entertaining story. Why don't you go with it? Yeah, so I've been uh, uh, hoping to uh, to become a Galloway pacer, and uh, I, I was really wanted to be able to give back and be a pacer at Disney. Um, so I've been kind of working on that and uh, putting a bug in Coach Chris's ear um, with the hope that I would be good enough to 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 you know live up to the Galloway uh, high quality standard because um, they're very very strict. You heard on a previous podcast about it. Oh yeah. Um, which yeah. made me even more nervous listening to that. <laughs> um, so, so this was was essentially my audition, and yeah. uh, right off the start, you know, we, we get into the crowd. And Coach Chris was was there pacing the four hour pace group, which happened to be on the north course starting. So we get there. I go over to say hi to Chris, and we were going to go up in the A corral, and because I was I was B, and Jen was A, 
and we go over to say say hi and uh jen's like oh we'll just start here i'm like right in front of coach you want to start right here don't you <laughs> so that's no pressure at all so he can watch me the whole time but it went yeah it was really good the nerves went out pretty quick um yeah yeah and and, and it, i'm very happy with it jen did you know you had done that to him no i i honestly thought he wanted to start there i thought like oh this would be great you know he can be reunited with chris we'll start here whatever uh, and- I, I get that yeah, and um, yeah. and he didn't realize, you know, because Adam hadn't ran this race before that as soon as we crossed the start line, we were going to be in a maze of people and we weren't going to see Chris again for quite a while. Right, right. And that, ter- that turned out to be, well, he was with you for a while, but uh, it turned out to be the case, especially towards the end, I think. So success, success, finish the North course, which I- I've run them both also jennifer i did the full last year the north course is pretty it's a little bit rolling a little bit more rolling than the south course not as many um um fireball shots or beer shots on the north course yeah i did say that to adam i was like i'm really torn on next year what to do because um the north course is less crowded i like the fact that it starts at 6 a.m so you get more time without the sun beating down on you because this race historically every time i've ran it it's hot um but i think we would have probably done better with a little bit more crowd support meaning ice um or just you know coca-cola anything because the um, water stations were you know two or three miles apart the water is warm the gatorade's warm you know it's a million degrees out it just you know it was really difficult and you had to dig deep without having that crowd support yeah but I'm glad you had a good time, and I was happy to see both of you there. Let's, uh, hey, Jen, I skipped over this. I usually ask people on the spotlight how you got started running. How did you get started? So um, let's see. My son is 14 now, but when he was four years old, someone came up with the idea of running the Princess Half Marathon together. And I thought, well, my son has autism, and one of the things I've always talked to him about is that you can do anything that you want to if you're willing to put the work in. It doesn't matter if you're, you know, an athlete, if you're, you know, really great academically, none of that matters. It just matters if you put work in. Um, and so I set out, I was just going to run this one half marathon and show him <laughs> that, you know, you could do anything you, that you say you can. Um, and here we are. I think I think Sunday was my 66th half marathon. So ah, very so good. for just doing one, right? 66. That's, that's yeah. a big number. Yeah. <laughs> good for you. That's a big number. Thanks. What's, what's coming up? Um, so I have, I'm trying to convince Adam to run the Mount Dora half marathon with me in December. That's one of my favorite ones. If you haven't done it, it, you know, has a Christmas theme. Um, all the residents are really fun. It's just kind of a, oh, and it's rolling hills. There are serious hills. There. Yeah. That's what I'm like saying. Yeah. <laughs> Even though it's in central Florida, it's, it's yeah. apparently pretty hilly. Yeah, it is. So I have that, but that actually leads me up to the dopey challenge. Um, Not a girl. Yeah. Have, so have I, you done so, dopey before? This will be my second one. I've done Goopy uh, as well. Okay. Um, this is my second Dopey. Um, and so that's kind of my my highlight. I'm, I'm excited to go back and do Dopey again because last year it was a really great experience. It's a terrific experience. I'll, I'll be, we will be looking for you there. Adam, how about you? What's coming up? Uh, well, <laughs> I expect that Mount Dora will, will occur. Um, and then, uh, you know, the pacing at Disney. And then I have a 50K at the end of January. Um, but that's all that's on the the list so far outside of the keys. 
Um, oh. That's going to be in May. So <laughs> only only someone who uh, runs hundred milers could say, "Well, I got a hilly half marathon, and I got." Are you doing dopey at Disney? I am or, not. I or, couldn't get in. No. Okay. Yeah, I had the same problem. You doing? What are you doing? Um, Anything? I believe just the marathon. Yeah, that's right. And you said it properly. You said it properly. Just, just the marathon. marathon. <laughs> yeah. Good for you. A little more yeah. emphasis on just the next time. Pacing, that's cool. That's cool. I'll be looking for you there. And then to say just a 50K, but that's all I've got. <laughs> it's funny, though, because with uh, with this past uh, half, it's funny. that it was It was the – I've only run two halves. And this was the first really? time I've ever – I've ever attempted to break two. Really? I'm yeah. So that was kind of too, sh- too short I, for you. I, I don't know. Too short. Yeah. Well, I mean, I've run the, the longer distances, but um, I, I've run you know tons of training runs, but just never official timed half marathons. Yeah. So not worth his not worth his while, Jen. Yeah, Those right. little sprints, you know. I know, right? Ah, just, ah. just little afternoon strolls. Was this the first time you guys ran together, or that you guys trained together anyway? So how'd that work? Well, we ran once together. Um, what is it? Two weeks prior, I think. So right after we it was got right came, after yeah. Ian came. Oh yeah, the yeah. hurricane was there. We went up north, and the trail was covered. It was dark because I made her go early, because I'm an early runner, and uh, it was near her house. Um, so we had shrapnel everywhere for trees and brushes yeah. and sticks, and I mean we were hopping yeah. over everything, barriers down, and uh, so we had two headlamps, and then we got through that five miler. And I was like, well, if we can do this, I think we're good. <laughs> oh, I think so too. If you can do that. Yeah. I think you can do anything. So it's almost like a Spartan run. It really yeah. was. It was like yeah. an obstacle course. And we were, we were laughing because, you know, we were expecting leaves and branches, but there was a lot of weird things out there that day. It, it, it was, and we were ended up watching other runners to see how they went around or managed the obstacles. And then we just copied them. <laughs> <laughs> okay, good, good. It worked. I'm glad. Jen, Adam, it's been great talking with you. Any any last comments before we wrap this up? Yeah, I've, I've got one just from my my side. It was it was a, a pleasure and honor to to be a guide and be a pacer for for Jen and with Galloway. Um, but what, one thing I wanted to mention was you know it was so hot and to see as a guide and keep turning around and looking and and, and coaching through the, the race to see the uh, the determination on Jen's face. Um, she fought really hard through that race and you could see it you could tell she never gave up uh even when we changed our ratio to uh to get to a more quote-unquote breathable pace um she fought through that and we maintained that pace to get only what was it a minute and 14 seconds off the goal so uh, to see her go through that was was very humbling and uh, i had a really good time uh, uh, you know, pushing her through that even at the end. And Jen, if you remember what I told you at mile 10, right? Oh yeah. He, he goes, there's only 16 miles to go. And I said, you're crazy. There's no way. <laughs> Good one. Yeah. And that was the time where he had to, you know, get the spirits back up, get the laughing going. And it worked, you know, we grabbed ice and held it in our palms and just went. And then I got her to push at the end and it was awesome. So Huge congratulations to Jen on that. I'm I'm extremely proud and pleased to to have been a part of it. Well, huge congratulations to both of you because you did a good job. Uh, Adam, you earned a spot in the Galloway Pacer Group, which is a big deal. Jennifer, I was a, that's a good run. I mean, I know what your time was, and you guys did extremely well. If you didn't hit 
your goal. Like Adam said, a minute off or whatever. That was just the weather. You guys did a great job. It's going to happen. We already said we're we're going to, we're going to seek revenge. (laughs) Thank you so much for inviting me on. I really enjoyed talking with all of you. Oh, it's great. I, it was great seeing you there and we look forward to seeing you again. Thank you guys. Thank you. Great hearing from Jen and Adam. Now there were a bunch of other folks at space coast. It's a great event. And it attracts a lot of runners and most, many folks, many folks come multiple years. First of all, Space Coast has some of the biggest daggum medals that you will ever see anywhere. Bob, I know I made the joke to you. I think this was on the Galloway customized Facebook page, but those medals are so big. Make a little space joke here. They have their own gravitational. They do, in fact. They do. That's right. No, no, no doubt about it. Uh, and in fact, they run a series, they run a series, they do four year series, the space coast marathon. And I think I mentioned this talking with, uh, Adam and Jen, uh, is the oldest marathon in Florida. They run four year series around a theme. The last theme was, uh, manned exploration. Uh, this theme is the missions to Mars. If you run three of the four, you get an additional series medal. And if you run all four, you get a big series medal and two people to help you carry it home. I think it's a monster, but let's credit. I've learned something. I tried to uh, run a little get together here at the space coast marathon, learn something very important. If you're a retired person, you can spend Sunday night at Cocoa beach and not worry about driving home to go to work on Monday. So my meetup at three o'clock on Sunday afternoon uh, Dean and Adam made it. Thank you guys. It was great to see you there. I'll be smarter next time because I look at the list of all the folks that were there. And while I did meet up with several of these people, gosh, I wish I could have met up with more because it was just a fun event. But let's go down the list. Uh, and again, I'm pretty much going down the list here. Completing the marathon. And it was a very warm day. Uh, the temperature before the marathon finished for most people got into the low 80s and the Florida humidity was high. And finishing the marathon, Amber, Bonnie, Coach Twiggs paced. Danny, I saw Danny on the course. Danny had been hurt earlier and was having trouble, but I saw him on the south course, which means I know he finished the marathon. Dean finished. Uh, Talked with Dean. He... Dean was disappointed in his finish, but by golly, I thought he did a darn good job. He helped some others finish. And folks, it was it was a hot day for a marathon. Esther. Esther finished. I saw a photo. Esther did her first ever marathon. There may have been some others, but Esther mentioned that for uh, specifically. Jessica. Jessica was sick before she even began. And she tried to tackle the full And I think she got to about 16 miles or so, but she did get a medal for finishing the half. She was pretty sick. I don't know that I would have even towed the start line on that one. And she gutted it out, did a good job. Julie finished the marathon. Laura did. Laura finished. I saw Laura there. Uh, Margaret, our friend Margaret from Central Florida. My Good friend Megan, who I hadn't seen for a couple of years because of the pandemic. Megan finished. I saw her 
on the course as uh, I was walking back to the south course and Megan was heading out to make that second loop. She ran with Nikki and it was Nikki's first marathon. And Nicole, likewise, Nicole lives over in that area. Didn't see Nicole, unfortunately. Uh, she finished her first marathon. It was a tough one. On the North Course, the only folks are on the North Course were Adam and Jen, who we talked to already. Uh, on the South Course, which anyone who's run the Space Coast Half Marathon before knows the South Course is the party course. Because I literally, and I could have had more, I literally had one shot of fireball and two or three cups, small cups, almost shot size, of beer on the south course. <laughs> it's the fun course. Uh, the Sparkle Squad was on the south course cheering us on. I needed the power they provided. Anyway, I did finish that half. I was able to walk it and finish it in the allotted time. Jessica did. Our friend, uh, Dean's wife, Judy, was registered for us. I want to mention her. She she wasn't able to make it. She was sick and, and didn't make it. But we were thinking of you, Judy. Kelly ran that one. Valerie did. Jared did. And then our buddy Heather, who does the push rim division, did one virtually. I think she actually did it a couple of days before. That, my friends, is the Space Coast Marathon and Half Marathon. We had a couple other runs on Sunday. Don't want to leave them out. In Huntsville, Alabama, the Ditto Landing 10K, our favorite ballet dancer, Alicia did that one. And of course, Alicia did a perfect finish line leap, which you would expect from a ballet dancer, right? And as she has done with all her other races, she finished her race and headed off to rehearsal for the Nutcracker, which goes into production tomorrow, I believe. I love when you post that stuff, Alicia, keep posting oh, she video does of you yeah, doing yeah. ballet. She posted a dress rehearsal video this time. Looked great. In London, London, England, not London, uh, Alabama, which <laughs> I still can't believe I didn't know where Mobile was. Anyway, the London Half Marathon, Queen Elizabeth Park in the UK, Kate finished that one. She said it was drizzly in London, which while I've never been, Kate, I'm led to believe it is often drizzly in London. She said a PR though. Congratulations, Kate, on your PR. And finally, a virtual run. And I think he did this one on Monday. Our good buddy Joe did the Gordy's Pumpkin Run Virtual 5K, which he completed whilst carrying a pumpkin, not a virtual pumpkin. Joe carried a real pumpkin. Way to go, Joe. And there we have what will probably be the longest race report of the year. But I, it's great, guys. Thank you for sending all of those and congratulations. Before we leave, John, we have any new reviews? Yeah, we got two new reviews. All so right. First one's from Baloo the Runner. You all do a great job. You have a blended running advice from training, health, and mental tips to navigate an expo. And you regularly celebrate your love for Disney. I am hooked binging your older shows and eagerly awaiting Thanksgiving to listen to your current show. I'm training for my seventh dopey, and I'm so happy I get to listen in with every training run. 
Seven dopeys, Baloo. That's cool, buddy. Congratulations. That's neat. We look forward to seeing you down there. Uh, he mentioned the expo. I, I don't know. I don't know why I'm assuming Baloo is a guy, but I'm just because guessing. of the Jungle Book. Yeah, yeah. They know the bare necessities of life. Absolutely. We have. So, I have inside information on the expo that it is back to pre-pandemic size. It's not a secret source, but I'm just, I'm going to keep it at that. Uh, but yeah, full up expo. All the vendors booths are sold out. So that's good news. We also have some, an idea that the runner's guide for marathon weekend will be out in the middle of this month, middle of December. So probably in about another two weeks, we'll see the runner's guide. Thank you, Blue, for sending that one in. John, you said we had two. Love this group. Lou Bear, 1136. Uh, I, there's a bear theme here, isn't there? Bear theme. Yeah. So glad I found this podcast. It has helped me get through so many of my long runs, and the tips are so helpful. I had the pleasure of briefly meeting Bob at Wine and Dine, and he is just as nice in person as he is on the podcast. That's very kind. That hoping, very kind. hoping to meet everyone else at the next race weekend. Keep it up. I think that's very kind. I love it. I don't know why everyone, you can't see them what everybody else here is laughing, but, but I appreciate it very, very much. Thank you. And thank you. Thank you for taking the time, everyone, for submitting the reviews. They mean a great deal to us, and we genuinely appreciate them. Okay, my friend. And if you run, you know you are our friend. Episode 60 comes to an end. It's been wonderful. I've seen some of you this week. We're looking forward to seeing more of you in just a few weeks. Keep that training going. But until we see you again, happy running. The Rise and Run podcast discusses general information about Run Disney and is in no way affiliated with Run Disney or the Walt Disney Company. Any information or advice discussed on this podcast should not be considered medical advice and should always consult with your healthcare provider or event organizer. <laughs>